Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Welcome back in Payne and Pendergast, Sports Radio 610. We're live on Radio Row in Las Vegas, Super Bowl 58 this coming Sunday, and we are pleased to be joined right now. As we, uh, as we record this on a Thursday, full disclosure, because we're going to be talking about the NFL honors here in just a minute, and it's not happened yet as we talk about this, but we got a lot of stuff to get into with our next guest, of course, joining us right now, Executive Vice President and General Manager of the Houston Texans, Nick Casario, fresh off an appearance with Pat McAfee. Yeah. <laughs> you were on McAfee the same day as The Rock. Yeah, I think Rock might be a smidge more important than the McAfee production, but nice that I can get some headphones on and be off to the side talking to him. So. Yeah, but you had, what was your what was your scouting report on Rock, the, the Don Dwayne Johnson? Was that oh, yeah, when he came on, I don't even remember him coming out. That's so, yeah, that's not, like must not have been that good. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's done a lot better, I think, with his career than I have to this point. So. <laughs> I guess he, he couldn't hack it in pro football. Yeah. That's the problem. No, that, that's yeah. actually true. He couldn't hack it in pro it, football. Coming out of the U also. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Um, this has got to be pretty exciting, man, being out here at the Super Bowl um, where we've got the NFL honors coming up, and here you are, the general manager of the team, the coach that you hire, the quarterback that you draft, and the defensive end that you trade up for are all nominees tonight for the best at what they do. Give us a general manager's perspective on that as you're able to kind of sit back and digest that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's great for the organization. I mean, there's a lot of work and a lot of effort that a number of people have put in. Um, you know, when D'Amico was hired, I think we all felt strongly about D'Amico, who he was as a person, what the opportunity we thought was ahead of us. Nobody knew exactly what was going to happen, but as we started to piece it together during the course of the year, it started with him. He's been, I'd say, a massive piece of where we are and what we've done this season. And then the performance of Will and CJ and a number of other players as well. So really, in the end, it's a credit to the work of the players and the coaches and hadn't been easy. But, you know, it's nice to, to take a step back and appreciate the things that we've accomplished this past season. And it's exciting. It's a great opportunity, including Andre potentially getting into the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So there's a number of things that are happening and taking place. So, you know, it's great for the organization. It's great for the city. And it's great to be a part of it in some small uh, some small way. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz was on with The Drive, our afternoon show. And they asked him about, like, okay, what made you decide to come here before C.J. Stroud was here? You know, you didn't know that at the time. And, and he had mentioned he had played against D'Amico Ryans. And just from the, what he knew of D'Amico, that he was very optimistic about that. You guys, you guys are in a different position this year, you know, with a, a track record, a quarterback, all of that. What was, what's the pitch going to be like this year to free agents compared to, say, what it was last year? Yeah, I, I think it's still about opportunity. 
opportunity, but we're hopefully going to have a competitive team. Now, we're not guaranteed anything. You know, the AFC South, I would say there's a number of good young players, a number of good young coaches, but there's a foundation that's been in, that's put in place and you know, we might be in a little bit of a position from a team building perspective. But the reality is we're still trying to get the same types of players onto the team however we do it with the right mindset that fit maybe a certain role. But, yeah, I mean, it's an opportunity. I think hopefully players will see the opportunity in front of them. We've got a good coach. We've got a good staff. We have some good players that we have assembled. And, you know, look, players are smart. Players talk. It's not – obviously it's about the field, but there's so many other things that go into it as well. So how the players are treated, what's the environment like when you're in the building, do we have an opportunity to win? So all that comes into play, and players talk. I mean, like you know how the league works. So everybody's kind of looking for information. Hey, why? What's going on down there? Boy, that sounds pretty interesting. So again, it starts with the people. So hopefully, we have the right people. Continue to add more people to the building yeah. and give ourselves. And yeah, we got to try to build a good team that gives ourselves an opportunity to go out there and be competitive against a number of good teams. Which you know we're going to face some different teams this year that yeah. we haven't faced you know, maybe in years past. And but that's this league. So but it's exciting. Um, and, you know, we're certainly hopefully going to embrace the challenge in front of us. That was, um, you know, one one thing about the Patriots when you were there, and I know I like, I'm not trying to ask about the Patriots way or anything, but I can say from personal experience, the, the only one time in my life that I was probably really a, a free agent where I didn't know what I was going to do was at the end of my career, and I was coming off of an injury. And, like, you were the only the Patriots are the only team I ever kind of cold called like I had my agent I was like yeah can you reach out to the Patriots because like uh, yeah <laughs> they're the Patriots and other than that it was you know coaches I knew and everything yeah. like that um, like I imagine that wasn't necessarily the experience you guys had uh, over the last couple of years is it when you have a quarterback like CJ, do you start getting more cold calls? <laughs> the players probably get more maybe yeah. than I do. Because the agents are going to go through their process like they normally yeah. do. And I'd say free agency is ultimately going to be driven by the market. And there's a dollar component that comes along with it. So yeah. that's the job of the agent. So mm-hmm. players might say, oh, I'd love to play with so-and-so. They're probably communicating in their own silo. Sometimes it'll make it to us. But I think players want to... You know, they want to play for good coaches. They want to be around good players. And they want to be a part of good programs. And hopefully, like, we're starting to establish that so that when people ask what the Houston Texans experience is like, overall, it's a positive one on a number of different levels. And that's part of our responsibility to each other. You know, sometimes, the, you know what happened, Sean? What? I told my agent, and I was like, listen, I don't care. Like, I, I will play. Like, I was, I was honestly, like, I was at the point where... I would play for free. I just wanted to actually be on a winning team again. Yeah. Um, but you know how agents are. Like, I don't think he ever said that. And well, for one, yeah, you can't play for free. You're going to play for minimum. But I don't think he ever told anybody that. You were yeah. well. That would have been the 2007 season that you were. That's like cold calling. That's like Bud Fox cold calling Gordon Gecko. That was the 07 season. That was, was, the, was really? season. That was the 16 and 0 season. No, oh no, this is what's worse though. Okay, Nick. <laughs> That's funny. I'll tell you a story. No, I'm going to tell you an awful story. So I was coming off of injuries. I'd been banged up bad, but I. Um, I called, I, I talked to Tom Coughlin in, in the offseason. I was still coming off of ACL injury and everything. And Coughlin told me, he was with the Giants. He said, listen, Seth, you know, we'll bring you in. I don't want you to even be like, I, I, we won't plan on playing you until like week six. You'll start off on PUP. We'll get you rehabbed and everything. At the time, they had just, Jerry Reese had just taken over as GM. And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't know, man. Like, I don't know. In my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know if, 
I don't know if this is the situation that's right. So I waited, waited, ended up signing with the Jaguars. My knee was a mess because I was rehabbing on my own. I didn't yeah. know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> it was like all summer long. When I could have been with the Giants since. Sure. It, uh, long story short, the Giants won the Super Bowl that year. <laughs> and uh, and I, sucked. You had a I sucked in training camp and was like, my, my knee was shot. Well, was we had an me. equally brutal experience at the end of the season. Yeah. Like, that yeah. was very disappointing. So <laughs> yeah. we can wallow in our oh, yeah. 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 together. Now I'd be gloating right now. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be no wallowing. I would be. <laughs> Make sure you Just so you know, Nick, I almost beat you guys. Yeah. Yeah. I could have. Yeah. Right. You were a Jaguar. You lost in the Super Bowl, and I got divorced that year. We can all wallow together. We can all wallow oh, together. Man. And our 2007 was horrible for all oh, of us. Yeah. Um, Nick Casario, Texans GM, joining us here live on Radio Row. Um, this this is the first offseason you've had for you personally where you you've not been going through a coaching search and, and I'm I'm just curious from a, a standpoint of you being able to reallocate your own resources to evaluating senior bowl things like that what's it been like for you to not have that part this offseason yeah I mean it just gives us an opportunity to continue to stay ahead here so mm-hmm. we put a lot of work the staff's put a lot of work to this point but to be able to go on the senior bowl for a couple days and I would say you know credit to Jim Nagy and the work that he's done I mean that was probably as good of a senior bowl group that there's been a number of years there were some underclassmen as well so it just allows us to continue sort of the evaluation process as the the players go through like their off season here a little bit so um, a lot of this is all subject to the calendar so wherever you are in a calendar so this year's a little bit different than it was in previous years but we just kind of have to keep moving forward as well so yeah. there's still the work to be do, you know the work to be done hadn't been down to some of the all-star games here over the last few years honestly sometimes you can get as much work done regardless of what's going on around you back at the office as well but you know made sense this year to be down there and like I said our staff's done a great job to this point so um, you know had a good couple weeks we're gonna have draft meetings here uh, actually next week mm-hmm. um, so to kind of get ready for the combine here a little bit so kind of take some of the information that we've gleaned from December until this point so just keeping in the coaches will probably be a little bit more involved in the process you know last year they didn't go to the combine probably have the coaches go to the combine on a smaller scale but it's really more about the personal interaction than it is you know this guy ran around in shorts and like hit this blocking dummy that, that <laughs> is useless so yeah. like, that's not the focus so again it's just about time it's about resources trying to be efficient as we can and just hopefully help us make the right decision when we're adding players to the team yeah. I, I know you can't talk about any specific free agents or anything until free agency begins but uh, like we've talked about running backs a lot and just how hazardous it can be to sign running backs in free agency given how they've they've become so I, for lack of a better word, frail, I guess. Um, is Have you guys started to figure out maybe anything about like longevity with players and which guys seem to be built to last? It's actually a great question. I think the, the players you have the best opportunity with are your own players because you have so much data and information that you've accumulated. When you're dealing with players that are on other teams or have been in the league for a period of time, you can get some information, but you don't really have a firm grasp. And that's where the physical and the visits sometimes. Otherwise, to a certain extent, you're doing it blindly. But availability is going to be very important. Like you want an available team. You want available players. How do you get that information? There's sort of ways that you can do it. But in the end, your best chance is with your own players because you understand those players the most intimately. So it doesn't necessarily mean you wouldn't take on another player. You just have to understand everything that may come along with that player. With all that, like with your own players, have you guys, now that you've been using the Zebra data and everything for so long, have you started to pick up on trends? We have a, a, a lot of data on a lot of different levels. 
vegetables, what we can measure, what we utilize, not necessarily just their speeds, but their force output, um, their medical history, mm-hmm. how they recover from, and maybe they have a deficiency in one area, but we can very make it very targeted. And I think what we're finding is from a performance standpoint, a lot of this is headed more towards individualized care for specific players, not just a blanket. Here's a card. Everybody does the same thing because oh, yeah. everybody has different, I would say, requirements or demands or what they're asked to do relative to their position. So we try to utilize the information that we have and the data that we have to the best of our ability. And we've made a lot of progress here through the years. But I would say just generally speaking, this is where the league is headed. Yeah. And I would say football is probably a little bit behind some other sport, but we're certainly making progress in that area. I can imagine, especially coming back from injuries and surgeries that those little imbalances that don't always show up like some guys can they can get on the weight machine and be exactly the same as they used to be but when they get out and run now you can get a sense for oh okay wow that that hamstring's not working well and there's ways to measure it so then we can alter their training so it's that's critically important and players that are returned from surgery what's a prognosis what's a realistic time frame is this player going to be available in the spring or realistically it's going to be more training camp so all that factors into kind of where you are. But in the end, the most important thing is giving as many healthy players available for the start of training camp as possible. Understanding, look, injuries are going to take place. Mm-hmm. We're not yeah. going to take injuries out of sport, mm-hmm. but how you manage them and how you deal with them is certainly important. Well, Sean, one more nerdy yeah, injury question. Okay, <laughs> so now I'm uh, like, so when you bring guys in now, though, when you work them out, you're getting a lot more data and information than you ever did before based on that workout. It's a good question. Yeah, yes and no. If they've so had injuries. We, there's or... some things we do, but we're respectful of them. We just yeah. don't want to turn them Screw into that. So <laughs> it's just, okay, we get a general medical overview and evaluation, kind of have their history. Yeah. If we do end up signing the player, then we'll start them on our metrics, get a baseline so mm-hmm. we can see where are they starting. But again, what program they've been in, how long they've been in the league. So once they walk in our building, okay, that's a starting point for us, which goes back to younger players. When you have them, you know, one, two, three, multiple consecutive years, then you can see the progress they've made from the time they've come in our building to where they are now, which I would say Nico Collins is a prime example of when he started with the Texans, when he came in the building to where he is now, has grown immeasurably by leaps and bounds. And it's translated over into his product. It doesn't mean because his training is better, he all of a sudden caught 90 passes. But his training, his development, his strength, and he's evolved into a good player. So that goes back to what you, when you get a player, that's what we have to do a really good job on the front end mm-hmm. and then see if we can get that player to optimize his performance on the back end. And really, once they get to like year three or four, can they maintain a certain level of performance for a number of years before you start to see any drop-off or where are they in their arc of their career? Do you feel good about where Nico was physically this year after his first two years went the yeah, way they did? Yeah, I would say, and he put a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of credit to him. So when his season was over, the 22 season was over, he started his training fairly quickly. So he, he I mean, his strength, his power, his explosiveness, he's always been a very talented, skilled player. And I would say the, the way that Bobby and Ben coached him and some of the things, I'd say the biggest leap that you saw with Nico was with the ball in his hands. His yeah. run after catch was a lot better this year than it was in previous years. That's coaching, that's technique, that's confidence, that's strength. So he's always kind of had it in him. We were able to kind of extrapolate it, and that's a credit to the player, and it's a credit to the coaches for being able to get that out of him. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Texans Executive Vice President and GM Nick Casario joining us live on Radio Row here in Las Vegas. I, I, this is probably the first Texans team in a long time. I feel like this might be, in my time of covering the team, it feels like the locker room that may have been like the closest, like the, you know, the real, like you can feel like the real love among the players in that locker room this year. And a lot of the young players, I think, have a lot to do with that. You guys have a lot of free agents. And I'm curious how you go about scouting that sort of thing. You're probably going to bring in, be bringing some new guys sure. into the ecosystem. How do you, how are you able to kind of sniff out guys that you feel like are going to fit from that standpoint while still maintaining the level you want to to win football games? It's a great question, Sean. It's a big part of it. And some of that you have to rely on relationships maybe that the players have amongst themselves, mm -hmm. a relationship that you have with a coach, because it's useful information. And if you trust the individual that you're getting it from, they kind of paint the picture Here's what you're getting with that player. Okay, that makes sense. And we're very cognizant of the type of people that we bring in the building. And this was, I'd say, and D'Amico's talk, this was a very connected team. And when you want to play for each other, it certainly makes a difference. And it requires a selfless kind of team-first mindset. Mm -hmm. So it, to your question, it's something we certainly look for, So especially with younger players as well, regardless of where they're drafted, because there's obviously a lot of things. There's a lot of hype always associated with high draft picks that mm -hmm. come in the locker room. But... Players are smart, so they see a player's attitude, how he handles himself. Is he a good teammate? Does he care about others? Is he genuine? Is he sincere? Is he full of crap? I mean, so all yeah. those things are important because in the end, you're relying on each other when you're on the field. So can you trust your teammate to do the right thing? Is he going to put the team above himself? And everybody wants to have success, but when you have team success, then individual success will probably come along with that. Does it help to have a, a coach the style of D'Amico where he's a younger coach maybe connected to this generation of player a little bit more who was a former player and a former captain himself yeah. does that help to be able to kind of vibe that thing out is just, here's the standard of behavior and performance that we expect from yeah. everybody and he and I I would say are very convicted in the type of people that we want in the building so we're very I'd say kindred spirits in mm -hmm. that respect so it doesn't mean you're maybe not going to take a risk or a chance on a player but you have to make sure that it's very calculated because when they come in the locker room you spend as much time with each other as you do anybody else so that relationship how they interact 
it's important. So my players, I'd say when you're around D'Amico, like you want to be around D'Amico. Mm-hmm. And because he's real, he's authentic, he's sincere, but he's also very fair and it holds everybody to a high standard and what the expectation is. So we're not going to change that. You know, it's only going to be heightened, you know, if we want to maintain kind of where we are as a team moving forward. You know, one, one of the things about the Astros is they built what they have that was always impressive to me was that they were so analytically focused and yet at the same time they ended up with great team chemistry and Jeff Luno had a great quote once which was just because you can't measure it doesn't mean it's not real uh, that you know team chemistry it's hard to put your finger on it but like for, so for a super analytical organization they still very much valued chemistry and I, I thought of that quote when Will Anderson was speaking at the end of the year because this kid's up here he's 22 years old and he's talking about like how treating the the cafeteria workers and everybody else with respect and like putting that good energy out there matters in like changing the culture of a place and that I mean I knew like we've seen this all year long with Will I like the trade compensation like at that moment is like when it really hit for me like okay there's something about this kid that's just wired a little bit differently than 22 year olds elsewhere and it's very sincere and yeah. it's very genuine and it's very real this goes back to kind of what we were talking about like you want people to be who they are yeah. and I think the one thing about D'Amico is we in that he talks to the players about this just be who you are like don't try to be somebody that you're not but we also want to make sure that you're wired the right way and you're made of the right stuff so what Jeff said I think it's an interesting quote because in the end we can analyze all this data and all these metrics and saber metric and advanced analytics mm-hmm. that's great yeah but in the end, like they're people. There's emotion in this game. It's hard. We're going to deal with adversity. You're, a good team is going to lose six or seven games. That's right. So how do you deal with that? Can you turn the page? Can you not let something fester? Can you just focus on the task at hand? Can you move past it? Can you come up with a solution, figure out what happened, make the adjustment, the modification? <laughs> Football, sport, and anything, and really, it's about behavior science more than mm-hmm. anything else. So you're trying to mix a lot of different personalities and behaviors, and you're never going to be able to put a finger on it. But as you have grown, evolve, you kind of have a sense for what you want it to look like, and then if you see it, it sort of resonates and it reinforces your message. Nick Casario joining us live on on Radio Row. As far as things specific to the team, Nick, and improving upon them for next year, I know D'Amico was he was pretty upfront about we need to improve in the running game offensively. This coming season you guys as far as the 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 offensive line part of that because i'm sure the the improvement needs to be among you know the whole the whole unit offensively offensive line wise you guys are pretty committed to a few guys already contractually you committed some draft capital to some other guys is the improvement in the offensive line going to have to come from within because of that or is that something you could improve from the outside as well yeah it's probably a combination of both we have a number of players that are under contract for this upcoming season so we have confidence in those players the reason that they're here but we're also going to create as competitive environment as possible and if there's players externally that we bring in put them in a situation again going back to you know Kendrick Green when we bought him in kind of mid-season or whatever early in the season Mm -hmm. so there's an opportunity for us to add somebody that we think is going to enhance the overall group but they're good players and I think sometimes everything falls in their in their lap right wrong or indifferent but it's a collective effort there's a lot of different things that we can look at both player wise maybe there's things some things schematically we can look at maybe there's some things from a player standpoint others so there's a lot of different ways Mm -hmm. that you can evaluate it but certainly you're looking for improvement and you know the Baltimore game was probably a good manifestation microcosm of 
when we did it well, it was okay. But the areas that we kind of struggled with in the end kind of came up a little bit short. And we do that against a good team, which Baltimore is a good team. Unfortunately, that ends up being the result. So hopefully we can learn from that. Mm -hmm. And then we can figure out this is the opportunity. This is the improvement part of the season where you start to be able to look at your scheme, what you're doing internally. You're looking at personnel. There are options out there. We're going to go through March here in a little bit. So we'll look at everything mm-hmm. and just try to make good decisions as we go. Did you get into wrestling with McAfee? Uh, he, yeah, sort of. Uh, quickly about WrestleMania. I, I actually, I asked. I said, I understand you guys had The Rock on. So yeah. I, I know I'm probably a little bit lower in a pecking order than The Rock. But then Don't they asked about short. everything that's going on with Cody Rhodes and do you care and the fans. I said, look. I don't really care what the fans think. I said, Triple H will make the decision that makes, <laughs> makes the most sense yeah. for, for the organization. Yeah, The Rock's kind of a big deal. <laughs> he is kind of a big deal. I guess he's an owner, too, of the XFL, USFL, yeah. whatever it is. So he's got a lot of things. Tequila. So he's got a lot going on. Tequila. Yeah, they, they put him on the board for WWE. It is a little suspicious they put him on the board. Now he's in the WrestleMania main event two weeks Funny later. Funny how that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What it's is crazy. that? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, what is your relationship with the XFL like? in terms of scouting them and everything? We have the opportunity to do that. Their season is typically in the spring, but they play. A lot of those players are under contract, and there's a window there where there might be some players available. We've worked out players at different points, USFL. But I would say the best thing about the spring is just maybe gives players an opportunity to otherwise have a chance. Maybe go out there and play football. You know, we went through that with Khalil Davis here a little bit. He played a little bit in the spring. But the big thing is, is not that they're going to, you know, they could potentially have make a difference on your team. But the one thing you know about, if they go through the spring, come training camp, you have maybe somebody that's physically ready because they're not kind of starting from scratch. So again, we'll look anywhere and we'll give anybody an opportunity and ultimately their performance will dictate whether or not they have a role on a team or not. Oh, okay. So you know Bill Belichick a little bit. He's looking... I don't know if he's looking for employment right now or not. He can do whatever the hell he wants. <laughs> yeah. But if he goes into television, like, what? what's his best role, do you think? Like, color yeah, analyst... Give us a scouting report on <laughs> Belichick on like TV. Like, McAfee uh, sidekick. Yeah. Uh, boots AJ out of there. Sit, I don't yeah. Know. Uh, McAfee might not be the show for him. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, if Bill goes on TV, whatever he does, he'll be phenomenal. Yeah. Because he has such a... He, he views the game through such a lens that's very unique. And he sees it from such a perspective that's very unique. I would say, honestly, he and Coach Saban, like, they're as good of a coach as there is in the history of sport. And then if they transition into something else, they'll they'll probably be equally as good. It's just a different lens. I think Bill probably has more personality than people give him credit for. I mean, he wouldn't have been able to stay in one place for however many years. And players wanted to come play for him because of a number of different factors. So, um, again, I'm certainly indebted to Bill for all the opportunities he provided for me. And I don't think he'll be on McAfee, but I'm sure there's a show that I would like to have Uh, him. Well, you know, the part – this is what I wondered with him as a coloring analyst the big drawback to being a color analyst is that in the moment you got to try to make a snap judgment and you know how it is sometimes you got to watch a play 20 times to really know what happened and i think that might be that might be difficult for him because he's so detailed at the same time you get to talk to diff- two different coaching staffs every week and pick their brain no no quite but i would say the other thing about it in real time when something happens like that's where that dearth of experience like you see things that other people can't see yeah. so your ability because they're of course a game you know there'd be situations or things that came up and he would see it before anybody else because yeah. so, you've just trained your mind and your eyes so i think it's a valid point that you make sometimes you have to go back wait a minute what happened what happened what happened but 
if but you've he just seen sees enough things football, differently. Yeah. then you might be able to look at it and adjust quickly. Because I would say one of the things that really teams need to be able to do is in real time react to what's happening on the field. Yeah. So it's not, well, let's wait till halftime make an adjustment. Yeah. Maybe yeah. at the end of the first quarter, okay, the game is declared a little bit. All right, what have you seen? They're doing this a little bit. Okay, when they do this, when they put them in this formation, here's an indicator. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So I think it could go both ways. But I think that experience, that's where he puts him in an advantage maybe that other people don't have. Yeah. It is wild. We may have Belichick and Saban in our lives on television this year. I'd really like to see him in color commentary. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I don't... Uh, Which the, I would it, say, if you watch the top 100 players, like that yeah. special that they did, like, he was incredible. Oh, yeah. 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 Just, so I think that's kind of an uh, harbinger, harbinger, harbinger of potentially what it may look like well, if he's, you know, on television. Well, you, I've just heard, too, that, like, when he talks to other coaches, there's a tendency uh, that, like, everybody wants to... They want to impress Belichick. Yeah. So they, they tell him everything. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I can see him. Like I do with you two. Yeah, That's yeah. right. Same exact thing. <laughs> but I can imagine we've been him saying. like meeting. He gets to meet two different coaching staffs before every game every week, and they're going to tell him everything. Yeah. Like he's just going to. He would learn so much oh. about like all these different. He's an avid learner. Yeah. So I think more than yeah. anything, he's just a football junkie. Yeah. So just learning. And maybe you, you hear something and you go, you know what? And just in your mind, maybe I haven't really thought about that. Yeah. So then, it, but that's, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah. in the fall. Do you like the NFL Top 100? I love the NFL Top 100. <laughs> I, I, I just I haven't it. watched enough of it and study it, but you it's should. probably more for Do you use it as part of your scouting world. reports? Yeah. You know what it is? We should pro- sign this player because he was the 86th ranked. totally how I would be a GM, Nick. I just want you to know that. It's, well, no, Nick, I'll kiss up to you a little bit. I've always felt like the Pro Bowl and everything else should be voted on by the personnel people because you guys are the only ones that actually watch. You watch the most of the league. You We're, see not every team, but right, you probably end up seeing a lot more of the entire league yes. where we're watching we're like we're in a silo and we're watching you know a very like not very limited but a relatively you see limited a few number flash of players yeah. and go, oh yeah. hey okay yeah. this guy yeah. looks we right see in more him. defensive players and offense because if you're watching like if we were preparing for the Colts we're going to watch at least the Colts previous four opponents and everything so I, I you notice a lot of the defensive linemen but you're only watching those Colts players you know sure once. it's uh yep yeah. no question no question so the, the personnel people probably you probably watch you probably see the Pro Bowl elections and you're kind of like huh oh, wow <laughs> All right. <laughs> I try to stay out of the Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Except when Texans make it. Then we get very, very yeah, happy well, then about it's 100% that. justified yeah. every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What do you think of CJ's throw to Jamar Chase in the back I of the end zone? That. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. It was so. pretty impressive, yes. It's not uncommon, but, in but space, pretty Nick. impressive. So. Yeah. Somebody in his face. He could have snatched his flag. We've seen a few moment. throws like that. Say, my son texted me. He's like, the crazy thing is he does that in real games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick Casario joining us. Hey, before we get you out of here, and by the way, the audience, just so you know, I checked with Nick beforehand how much time he had. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I know you didn't do that time. thing where you strong arm him while he's no, on No, and then read yeah. the station ID. When I'm um, eating my strawberries yeah, and acai yeah, we, yeah, bowl cool and the rest of it. You know what else yeah. we did before before we started recording? Nick made fun of my Sports Radio 610 <laughs> polo. He did. He did. <laughs> Next time I come on, maybe I'll have to wear one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I'm a team player, Nick. That's right. Um, as we're recording this right now, we do not know who is going into the Hall of Fame in this class, but our hope is that in a few hours we'll hear... Andre Johnson's name called. I want to get your perspective on Andre from your time scouting and going against Andre Johnson. Just give us, what was the assessment like in the building up at Gillette Stadium yeah. of Andre Johnson? There's very few players that fall into kind of like the one-of-one one category, but like he could put Andre in that category. He just had such a unique combination 
of size, strength, speed, and his hands and ball skills were second to none. And what he did with the ball, he played violently, like he played like a defensive player. Every time we played the Texans, we knew we had to take care of Andre in order to have an opportunity to win the game. So um, he's earned everything that he's received at this point. I mean, it would be a, a tremendous tribute to, to him and the organization if he was voted in to the Hall of Fame. Um, he's obviously, you know, he and JJ are, along with Seth, are arguably the best players right, in the history of, of the organization. Yeah, it just so. depends on where the cutoff is. That's the whole, <laughs> That's you right. know, but, which and he's been, and, and, and It's been great to kind of be around Andre. I think he's he's got a quiet way about him. He's not about fanfare, but he cares a lot about this team. He cares a lot about this city. Um, and hopefully we have the opportunity to celebrate what he's accomplished in a, you know, in his career. We had uh, David Anderson on uh, yesterday, wide receiver. Good player. Yeah. Underrated and, player. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was. He really was. Yeah. And it would, we'll have to send that clip to him. Um, <laughs> but he was talking about, like, when you play with a player like Andre and your position coach, and you're a former wide receivers coach, when your position coach tries to tell you to maybe do something a little bit more like Andre <laughs> as a player, you're like, yeah, coach, Thanks. I'll get right on that. <laughs> That's I'll like trying right to that. tell somebody, well, do something, do it like Randy does it. Well, well if there's only one of Randy, yeah. so yeah. it probably is not good advice from yeah. a coach. <laughs> yeah, no question, no question. Nick Casario, Texans Executive Vice President and General Manager joining us here on Radio Row. Nick, um, it's our first chance to see you face-to-face since the season here, so congrats on the success this season. I know building to even bigger and better things next year, and we always enjoy these conversations. I appreciate you making time. Thank you. Always great to visit with you guys. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.